Thanks for listening to the Wellspring Church Podcast. Well, have a seat. Good morning. Honored that you're here today. If you're a guest, uh, my name is Trey Kelly. I'm the lead pastor here. <laughs> and that last song we just sang um, is called Deliverer. And, and I love the message of that song. I want to I show you what we just sang. Because sometimes we just sing words and we don't, we don't hear them. The chorus says, if I know one thing, our God is a deliverer. If I know one thing, our God is going to see us through. Now, that's quite a thing to sing. That's quite a thing to know. That's quite a thing to trust. But I think this song's made more remarkable when you know the story behind it. Um, the singer of this song is a woman named Lauren Lee, and she actually wrote it with uh, a few of her other um, friends. She wrote it on a songwriting retreat, which wasn't a thing I knew existed. But it's what happened in Lauren's life before the retreat that I think informs our conversation today. Lauren was married. She had a daughter who was about to turn two years old. And right before she left for this retreat, her husband walked in and said, hey, I'm out. And he walked out the door. He left her. He left his daughter. And so it was with this on her heart, with this circumstance, that she goes to this retreat. And she begins sharing what's going on in her life. And a few of the other folks begin sharing some of the struggles they were going through. And it was out of that pain, it was in that moment, they wrote the song we just sang. They wrote, if I know one thing, our God is a deliverer. If I know one thing, our God is going to see us through. It takes a different way when you know what she was walking through in that moment. She actually gave an interview about the song. I want to read to you what else Lauren says. She says, as we cried and worshiped together. Mm. More than the pain of our current season, something else became even more clear. And that was that God in his kindness toward us was seeing us, was seeing each of us through. In that pain, in the fear and the abandonment, she felt God. She felt that he was going to see her through. She keeps going. She says, this song is a reminder to me that I don't have to have it all together. That my father is always willing to meet me and you in our brokenness. And he promises to see us through. We sang that song and I tell you that story because I just think it so perfectly again illustrates what I hope is the goal of all of us here who call Jesus our Lord. 
And it is the goal of this series that we're in, Under Pressure. We're trying to learn as best we can how to thrive in trials. Because as we learned last week, we are currently living in a world we weren't created for. It's a world affected by sin. And through Jesus, we have the promise of eternity with him, free from sin. But his plan is to teach us how to thrive even now. To teach us how to know one thing. Our God is a deliverer. To know one thing. He's going to see us through. And that's why we're here. That's the point of our series. And so if, if today's your first time, if you missed last week, I'm going to highly encourage you, if you don't have it already, grab our app. It's a great way to stay connected, but also you can, you can go back and you can see week one of this series because this is one of those series that's going to build on each other. Um, and it's really only when we have all four weeks of the content that it's going to make uh, the most sense. And so, um, but if you are here today, I'm going to try to quickly bring you up to speed because last week we basically turned to what I find a fascinating source, uh, Jesus' little brother, a man named James, and the letter he wrote to Christians who were spread out around the known world at the time they were avoiding persecution that was already starting through the religious leaders of the day and through the governments of the day. And here's what he told them and us about how to begin to thrive in trials. We learned this last week. He says, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. He's not saying be happy about it. He's inviting us, as we talked about last week, to learn to not look at the pain, but to look through the pain. And say, all right, God, what's happening now isn't good. But as we talked about last week, God, we know you are good. God is good. And if we can cling to that, even in the darkest moments in the trials. We talked about this last week. We gained a couple of things. It's some things we see Lauren Lee possess as she sings this song. When we know God is good, we can have perspective in our pain. We can know he's going to see us through. In the song, she talks about a path in our pain. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to walk with you. She even found purpose in her pain. She wrote this amazing song that we can all sing that can encourage us, that can fill us up when we ourselves are struggling. And it's all because she knew one thing, that God is good. You may not notice it last week, but, but James does the same thing. When James is writing to his friends and his coworkers and his fellow Christians who have been scattered, let's go back to it. He says, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. What's the next thing he says? For you no. See, he's assuming they know something. And what do they know? They know that when your faith is tested, things strengthened, your endurance has a chance to grow. So he's saying, you know this, so you can, you can feel this and you can lean on this in your struggles, Lauren Lee. Last week we sang a song by Horatio Spafford. Uh, reading the letter from James, they all know the same thing. They know that God is good. And last week we talked about the fact that our ability to, to thrive in trials hinges on those three words. God is good. 
And I left you hanging last week. And I'm really glad you came back because I know there are some of you in this room. You're here because you came last week. You're here because somebody invited you. You sing those songs or you, you see us sing those songs and you are confused. You hear us talking about God's goodness and you look around the room and, and you look around the, the, the world and you see what's going on and, and you don't see it. You don't feel it. And there's a question you've been wanting to ask if you were here last week. You've been talking about God's goodness today. You've been wanting to ask it, and you keep thinking we're not going to address it, and I got good news. It's what we're going to spend the entire time we have together talking about. Because if everything hinges on God is good, we often feel safe to ask a question that I know many, if not most of you, either want to ask now or have asked at some point in your life. And it's this question. How do we know that God is good? Says who? Let's all take a breath. <sighs> Release the tension. Because I know in a room like this, you walk in and you're like, man, okay, I, I see y'all saying, I see you raising your hands and whatever. You're living in a different world than I am. Because in my world, God's not good. I don't know where he is. Can I be real honest today? If that's you, I am so proud of you for being here today. Because I know it wasn't easy. Maybe somebody had to drag you. And I'm glad they did. But I want you to know our goal is that this is the safest place in Myrtle Beach. For you to say, how do we know that God is good? How do we know that? How do all you people know that? You raise your hands and you cry and you see, how do you know God is good. So if you're here and you don't know that God is good, thanks for being here. If you're here and God was good a week ago, but something happened this week, and now you're like, well, God, I thought you were good because things were going good. Now I don't know. I'm so glad you're here. Because I think it's a very fair question. I think it's a valid question. Here's what I'll tell you. If you truly want to learn how to thrive in the trials of life, it's a question you have to ask, and it's a question you have to answer. And don't you ever let anybody in the name of Jesus make you feel bad for asking the question. Because our God is big enough for our questions. He invites our questions. If we're wondering if he's good, that means we hope he is. And so what I want to do today is I want to try to answer the goodness question for you. But i got to be honest. I can't answer that question. I can't answer how do we know because I only have authority to speak on one thing. I can tell you how I know God is good. I know God is good because I have experienced his goodness. I know God is good because I've seen his goodness. I know God is good because I have felt his goodness. I know God is good because, as I said, I've experienced 
his goodness in my life. And I know if you're here today and you're looking, that, that might feel like a cop-out, and, and I get it, because you want facts. You want data. You want proof. And what you don't realize is I'm revealing the proof. Because the proof that God is good is found by experiencing God. It's found by being in relationship with him. And this isn't just my idea. Um, there's this really famous guy. His name's King David. Maybe you've heard of King David. He was probably the greatest king the nation of Israel ever had. And if you're not familiar with King David, I'm certain you're familiar with David and Goliath, the young boy who killed the giant. Same guy. He gets anointed to be king. He kills the giant. He eventually becomes king. And we're told that David was a man after God's own heart. It simply means he was going to do what God asked him to do most of the time. David was not perfect. None of us are. But David followed God with his heart. And David had this really unique habit. When he would pray, he would write down his prayers. He might be the first journaler, I don't know. But David would write down his prayers, and he was also a musician, and he would write songs to God. And these have been collected and saved for us. If you've ever read in the New Testament, the book of Psalms, the vast majority of those Psalms are King David's prayers and songs that he wrote. And then some other people wrote songs and they would use them in their worship services. And it's really cool because we can read um, King David's prayers. We can read about his conversations and we can read about King David when he was convinced God was good and we can read about King David when he had a bad day and God wasn't quite so good. And he has a conversation about it. But in the 34th Psalm, King David gives me and you and all of us the path to discovering God's goodness. And it's not a set of facts. He invites us to an experience. And here's what he says. He says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. He invites me and you and us to taste and see, to try and discover, to take refuge, to place our hope in Jesus. And it's only then that we will discover that he is good. And in every other area of our life, we know how to taste and see. For some of you, it's why you're here today. You saw on social media that we were going to have donuts in the lobby. And you were like, I want some donuts. Now, how did you know you'd like those donuts? Because you have tasted and seen that donuts were good. Did you know, you probably don't remember, but did you know there was a time in your life when you did not know donuts were good? Who can think of such a thing? 
And what you may not realize is the first time you tried a donut, your parents may have had to do the airplane thing to convince you to try a donut. And you tasted it and your eyes lit up and you were like, I want more donuts. And so if you didn't know we were having donuts, you walked in in your lobby, you smelled them, you saw them, and you went, oh, yay, donuts. I'm coming back to this church. They have donuts. No one had to convince you because you've tasted and seen that they are good. I'm told we had different flavor donuts today. Maybe you tasted one and you saw, didn't care for it. So you generously offered it to your wife. Some of you have had tasted and seen donuts so much, you don't have control over donuts. You ate more donuts than you intended to eat this morning. You got one and thought, I'll split it with my spouse. And you split it, you ate both pieces. <laughs> and you said, it's Sunday and I'm at church. Calories don't count. You went back for two more. Because no one had to convince you that donuts are good. Because you've tried donuts. You have tasted and seen that they're good. You know what David's saying? See, I could kind of Jesus juke you right now and be like, Jesus is better than donuts. <laughs> what he's really saying is, hey, your Heavenly Father is primarily interested in a relationship. So I invite you to try it. Like any other relationship in your life. You have to take a step. And you have to text them and hopefully they text you back. And then you invite them to coffee and hopefully they like the coffee. And you have some conversations and hopefully there's good vibes. And I don't know what y'all do today. Then you start talking. Even though you've been talking the whole time, then you officially start talking. But you're beginning a relationship. You're getting to know them. What, what our Heavenly Father invites all of us to do is to try Him. Because it is the only way for us to taste and see that He's good. It's the only way for us to begin to take refuge in Him. Now, as I've said, I can't convince you today that He's good. I can't. I can teach you how to try God. I can give you some steps to take when you wonder if he's good. If it's the first time you've wondered if he's good, or if it's the 50th time you've wondered if he's good, or if it's the thousandth time you've wondered if he was good. If you've never thought he was good, or again, if something happened this week and now you're not as sure, There are steps we can take. There's a path we can take. And this is crucial because, again, as I've said, until we know God's good, we can't thrive in trials. We really shouldn't even try. We should just try to get through it as fast as humanly possible. Because if God's not good, we have no hope. But I know he is. And I know he wants to reveal that goodness to each and every one of us. How do I know? Several reasons. But number one, God has been at work on earth from the very beginning. He created the heavens and the earth. He placed Adam and Eve in the perfect garden of Eden. 
They rebelled. He immediately began a rescue mission that began with the nation of Israel in the Old Testament, culminates in Jesus arriving on earth in the New Testament. And through Jesus' life, his death, his burial, and resurrection, he gives each and every one of us a promise of returning to the perfection he created us for in eternity with him. How do I know all of that? Because God's so good, he saw fit to have his followers write it down. They've recorded for us stories, both of building the nation of Israel, stories of his son coming to earth. And here's the thing, guys. We can read those stories. We can go to them. And we can see over and over and over again how God is good, how he is at work on our behalf. In fact, this guy named Paul that we talk about a lot at our church, he wrote about half of the New Testament. In his letter that he writes to the Romans, near the very end of the letter, he says that's why it's all written down to begin with. He tells us that such things, meaning all the stories we're talking about, were written in the scriptures long ago. Why? To teach us. Because God knew we wouldn't inherently know he was good. We had to have a way to figure it out. And the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. So if we don't know God is good, but we want to try God is good. What are we to do? Well, for me, my path to God is good begins with his word. I was blessed to be raised in church. And when I mean raised in church, I mean we were there every time the doors opened from birth. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. If the church was doing a thing, we were there. And I went to Sunday school. And I still remember those wonderful women who taught me these Bible stories, these stories that I still remember today from, from birth teaching me about how good God is. I also remember the day they taught me that Peter walked on water with Jesus. And I was very fascinated by that story because my grandparents had a pool. And I had a lot of questions. And they were very afraid I was going to go try to walk on water. But no, we know God is good because we can read about God being good. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. We have stories about men like Joseph. Maybe you've heard of Joseph. Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers because they were jealous that he was his father's favorite. He was taken captive to Egypt. He was put in prison for 13 years. But then God orchestrates things and Joseph becomes number two in the, in the nation of Egypt God gives him a weather forecast, and he actually helps him interpret the weather forecast he gave Pharaoh and says there's going to be seven years of abundance and then seven years of famine. And Joseph knows in advance, and so they store and they store and they store. And guess who shows up in Egypt when famine hits their land? Joseph's brothers. Now, they don't recognize him, but he recognizes them. And long story short, he reveals himself they all move down to Egypt. Dad dies and they get scared. And they say, hey, Joe, we know we did you wrong, man. We're really sorry. What do you want us to do? And here's what Joseph says. What you intended for evil, God intended for good. 
the theme of everything we're talking about, recorded for us thousands of years ago. And every story you read in both the Old and the New Testament is some version of God taking what our enemy meant for evil and turning it to good. So if you want to discover the goodness of God, read about how he's been good from the very beginning. But it's not just his word. We also discover God's goodness through his people. It's why his son Jesus, when he was on earth, instituted and launched this thing we call the church, the ecclesia, this gathering of followers. It's because we are not meant to walk through life alone because God's, God reveals his goodness to us through other people. Do you know what a privilege it is to be your pastor and get to hear all the stories about how good God is in your life? To get to see him restore families, to get to see him heal marriages, to get to see what he does in your life and how he breaks addictions and how he sets people free. Like, I get to see all that, and, and my faith grows, my confidence in God's goodness grows because I see it in your life. Because we get to gather together and we get to sing songs like Deliverer, written by Lauren Lee, who says, if I know one thing, my God is a deliverer, and she knows that while her husband is walking out the door. That faith inspires me. That faith grows my faith. We get to sing songs that are 150 years old, like we did last week from It Is Well, written by Horatio Spafford as he's crossing the Atlantic over the spot where his four daughters drowned. That grows my faith. That helps me see God's goodness. And our job as a church is to be the safe place for you to come and not only discover that God is good, but hopefully for you to engage with the people of this church through joining a group, through volunteering, through, through creating some relationships so that God can reveal his goodness through other people. I say this all the time. We are blessed. A church this size, there is no trial that you're in that somebody in our church isn't through. There's just nothing. And so we can pair you up. And you can talk to someone who's on the other side of whatever struggle you're going through. And it's not necessarily going to reveal what God's going to do in your life, but you can see the goodness he worked through theirs. And then you can have some hope. Okay, if I know one thing, God was good for them, and I believe he'll be good for me. So if you want to try God, you can try his word. You can try to engage with his people. But if you really want to know God's good, you have to choose to walk his path. That's where we discover the goodness of God. Through following. Through obeying. Through trusting when we don't understand it. Because when we follow, when we don't understand forever, we get the blessing of the rearview mirror. When we find ourselves in trial, as David says in Psalm 23, as we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, David says, I will fear no evil because I know you're with me. You know how David knows he's with him? Because he's walked through other valleys of the shadow of death. And when David looks back on those previous valleys, he sees God's hand all over it. And he said, well, you were with me that time, so I'm walking through this one this time. I don't feel you. I don't see you. I don't know where you are, but you've been with me before. I believe you'll be with me now. That's how you taste and see that God is good. You choose to take refuge in him. 
you choose to step. And then you choose to step. And you choose to step. And as we step, as we follow, he gives us the benefit of looking backwards. Oh, that's what you were up to. Oh, that's what you were doing. Oh, God, you did more than I could have asked or imagined in that season. But we don't get to experience that if we don't follow. If you were here last week, I talked about being in the ER and watching Danielle writhe in pain and didn't know where God was through a, through a hissy fit, as I am prone to do from time to time. And God was there in that moment. But I didn't know what he was doing. It's only now that I look backwards. I'm like, oh, okay. And I'll be, I'll be fully candid with you. You know part of what he was doing? Preparing me for this series. Preparing me to be able to communicate to you his goodness. And I'm fine with that. So is Danielle, by the way. Now she even looks back on that and she goes, you know, I know, I know what God was doing. I know he was with me. And so my challenge to all of us, if you're in a trial, if you're struggling, or maybe you're not, but you just don't believe that God is good. I, I get it. And there's nothing I can say that's going to change your mind. And honestly, you don't want there to be anything I can say that's going to change your mind about how good God is. Because you don't think about this, but I'm going to tell you, if I can convince you how good God is, you've kind of made me your God. And I would be a terrible God. I don't want anybody walking out of here saying, well, I believe God is good because Trey said so. No. God is good because God said so. And all I can do is hopefully teach you some steps to take to try God, to taste and see that he is good. Because if you're not in one now, you will go through tough times. You will go through trials. And we have to have the anchor the truth, the fact that God is good. Because it's only when we know that God is good that we can have that perspective in our pain that I need and you need and we all need. It's only when we know God is good that we can find a path in our pain. And as we're gonna pick up next week, it's only when we know God is good that we can find purpose in our pain. Next week, we're gonna talk about that path to purpose. Today, we're talking about the path perspective. Two paths. And it totally depends on whether or not you think God is good. If you know God is good because you've experienced it, thank him for that this week. And then come back next week as we learn how to follow that path to the purpose he has for us in all our pain. But if we're honest, I think most of us struggle. God's good when it's good. When it's bad, we're not sure. And so he gives us a path, even in those moments, he gives us a path to perspective. He says, try me. He says, test me. He says, taste and see that I'm good. How do we do that? That's what we've already said. 
we dive into his word. Here's my challenge this week. If you're wrestling with the idea that God is good, read his word. I would direct you to the Psalms. I love the Psalms because they show me how honest I can be with God. Because the psalmists are very honest with God. They tell him when things are bad that they feel bad. And so you can read how honest you can be with him. You can read the stories of Joseph, Moses, Joshua, Peter, James, John. You can read the story of how God loved us so much he sent his son to rescue us. And as you read, you can discover that he's good. You also can try to engage with his people. Today you can sign up to join a small group, to join a community group, to place yourself in a place with people that are wrestling with the same questions you are, different experiences, probably different areas where it's easier for them to trust God than you. That's the beauty of being in a community. When you put us all together, we've all got enough faith for one little piece of the puzzle and we can help each other in the dark moments. Or maybe what you need to do today is, is, is walk his path. Maybe you need to take the next step in the relationship with him. Maybe you need to set some time aside to pray this week. Uh, one thing Danielle's been teaching me this helps a lot is if you want to pray, go on a walk and pray. And you can even talk out loud. The cool thing is if you wear your headphones, people will think you're on the phone. But if they come up to you and they want to talk, you just say, sorry, I'm talking to my heavenly father. They won't ask a follow-up. <laughs> They'll be like, all right. <clears throat> but talk to God. I'll tell you what I do. When I, when I feel myself drifting, when I don't feel his goodness in my life, I sing poorly. So I do it in my car with the music turned out really loud. But this week I've been singing It Is Well and Deliver over and over and over again because there's power in our praise. When we choose to sing to our Heavenly Father, even when we don't feel like it, we are walking in trust. We are walking down the path He invites us to and He reveals Himself. We are trying to taste. We are trying to see and He reveals, I am good. So maybe you just need to have a little dance party in your car every morning on the way to work. A little praise party on the way home. I don't know what it is. Praise party in your den. Really freak out your kids. But he invites us to taste. He invites us to see. He invites us to walk his path. And so try his word. Try his people. Try his path. If you take a step towards him, and in that step you say, God, reveal your goodness to me, he will. How do I know? Because he always has. Because his number one desire is to grow his relationship with you. So do what you need to do this week. Be honest with God. Pursue his goodness. And as we close, we're going to celebrate how he's moving in our midst. Uh, some of you know this. We, we met at the beach last Sunday afternoon, and we baptized. Um, 
And God in his goodness allowed us to baptize 92 people. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay to clap. It's okay to whoop. That should make you feel good. That should overwhelm us with the goodness of God. That doesn't mean Wellspring is good. It so doesn't mean I'm good. It means God is good. And he's rescuing people. And he is graciously allowing us to be a part of it. And so what I want to do is I want to pray for us. As we, as we move forward, and I want to challenge all of us to really seek out and settle in our hearts. The question, is God good? Because next week we're going to move forward, assuming he is. And if you're not ready to do that, please come, keep coming back. Because we want to be the safest place for you to taste and see. Because you will discover he is good. Just like many of us have. And as we do that, I'm going to pray and then we're going to celebrate. We're going to celebrate being able to witness his goodness through 92 people going public and their decision to follow him. What a good God we have. Let me pray. Father, we love you so much. And, oh, we are, we are overwhelmed by your goodness. Mm. Father, I thank you that you're good even when we don't feel it. I thank you that you're good even when we kick and when we scream and when we try to run away. We thank you that you're good. Father, I just pray for all of us this week. Show us the step. Show us the path to taste and see. May we discover for ourselves, may we experience your goodness. And may we experience it at a level that it changes us and we walk in the knowledge of your goodness and we trust it, even in the darkest moments. Father, we thank you for the celebration of life change last week. We thank you that we get to celebrate as a church and we just thank you that you're so good and that you're moving in our midst. We love you, we thank you. See your sons that we pray. Amen. Check this out.
Let's take a moment.